This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, it's Friday the 16th of June. I'm Andrew Harrison, in for Miranda Sawyer, and the studio is covered in tiny, tattered pieces of Boris Johnson's self-respect. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the podcast that reads the daily press so you don't have to. And it's been quite a week for the papers. We are here every Monday, Wednesday and Friday to look behind the headlines and deadlines to find out what the press is really saying. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite app. Now, today's headlines. Putting the whining into Wine Time Friday. Johnson's pals in the press try to undermine a damning Privileges Committee report. Great beauty like what I have got. The papers pay tribute to actor and MP Glenda Jackson, who died on Thursday, aged 87. And read my lips. No, don't read my lips. The rise of the celebrity lip reader on TikTok. Welcome to Paper Cuts, where we keep taking the tabloids on your behalf. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, here to scale the north face of Mount News with me. It's writer, broadcaster, historian and screenwriter of Churchill fame, Alex von Tunzelman. Hi, Alex. Hello, how are you doing? Not bad. And also with us, we have stand-up and star of Finn versus the Internet on YouTube, where he tries to discover how to make it online by talking to someone with more followers than him, Finn Taylor. Good how you morning. Doing? I'm all, I'm all right. Good. So the papers have gone understandably Johnson mad this morning and the bulk of the press is pretty damning. Alex, what, what, have, what have you got? I've got The Guardian here with a very striking front page and the headline is Misled Parliament, Undermined Democracy, Complicit in Abuse of MPs, The Verdict on Johnson. And the picture's amazing, isn't it? It's, a, it's Johnson from the back looking like the titles from Succession on a black background. It's a proper like, this is history front page. Very striking composition. Absolutely. Another striking composition on the Daily Star. Uh, perhaps not quite as aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> um, the uh, It's official, Pinocchio is an absolute lying wazzock mm-hmm. is, the, is the headline and a sort of large photoshopped nose going all around the cover attributed to Johnson quite distressing to look at. There's also a special offer for readers, isn't there? Or, or the, just uh, next to Boris's head. There is, plus free peerage for every reader called Nadine. Inside. Good to know. Yes, excellent. Uh, and meanwhile, the Metro has Partygate Report bashes Boris. Is proper whopper a career stopper? I love that. That's like a little haiku. It is, isn't it? It's quite, it takes a while to work out exactly what it means, but it does make sense. Yeah. Um, Finn, there is, of course, another side to this story. Yes, the Telegraph, the Mail and the Express all go with varying shades of, um, but I liked him. <laughs> uh, Telegraph, um, Johnson allies vow to oust MPs who vote for his censure, which, I mean, that's what, t- two, 20 of them? I don't know yeah. how many that is. Mail, Tory revolt over vindictive bid to banish Boris um, and then the Express goes full on 
with the most spiteful stitch-up in history of politics. And Johnson's pointing at uh, his accusers. The entire history of politics, all of it. All of it. <laughs> right, all the way back to the pharaohs. This like Mandela in jail, this pales in comparison. Infamy, infamy, the knife in the back, Caesar. Well, no, it's all nothing. just it's put your dirt. history book in the bin. It's dust on <laughs> Boris Johnson's shoes. So let's get into this. It is a massive day and we can see the papers dividing into those that want to tell the story and those that want to deflect it. Alex, from reading across the spread of the papers, what 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 are the what are the, the nuggets that we didn't know yesterday that we now know and are horrified by? Well, I mean, it's actually it is pretty dramatic what mm. has come out in the basically, you know, this has been an evolving story since last week when of course Johnson himself came out with uh this kind of declaration that he was going to stand down, that he was furious that this had all sort of happened, um, leaked bits of the report while saying so and all of this. And then, of course, finally this report has come out this week. Um, and it turns out doing all of that has made it much worse for him. Yes. Um, so what was going to happen, had he just sort of gone ahead and let the report make its recommendations last week, he'd have had a 20-day suspension, which is very serious, you know, yeah. pretty serious. Um, and, you know, obviously that would have been voted on Parliament, triggered by election, all this. However, he now has five key offences against him. Um, the first two would have been there anyway, deliberately misleading the Commons about COVID rules and deliberately misleading the Privileges Committee when he reiterated yeah. his same argument about this. But now there's also breaching confidence by leaking part of the report in advance, impugning the Privileges Committee, which has uh, judged on this, and the parliamentary process, and complicity in a campaign of abuse and attempted intimidation of the committee. So this has actually got a lot more serious. Yes. And now it's a 90-day suspension, although, of course, it isn't because he's already resigned, but it would be a very, very serious. Finn, you've got the the mail is having an absolute meltdown over this. It's, what, six pages of, um, you know... Pure defence of Johnson, excuses, attacks on the on, on the committee, uh, uh, you know, attacks on the motivations of the committee. Give us give us your takeaway well, from you this. You have to say, you, yeah, the six pages of just sort of drivel about <laughs> this. But then the key to this is that on the, the the top banner is in red. Starting tomorrow, our erudite new columnist will be required reading in Westminster, and there is a silhouette of. Yeah, Boris with a, Johnson. With a question let's, mark let's on his face. Frank, Boris Johnson. So the whole thing seems to me like he's he's basically run out of road and he's just gone, uh, I'm going to kick up a fuss and get in front of the news and then I'm going to sell, become a mail columnist so I can report about it. Is that, is that thing well, that happens? I mean, plenty of people would expect him to just go straight back to the Telegraph, which he once referred to as his real boss. Yeah. But of course, the Telegraph has just filed for bankruptcy. They can't afford him anymore. Oh. So, And the mail where Dacre has been angling for a peerage in a way that makes uh, Nadine Dorries look kind of uh, d subtle, demure and nuanced. <laughs> just sort of like, you know, Dacre has been baying for a peerage. And did he get one in Boris's no, list? No, they weren't no. even on the list, actually. So there's something... Well, he was probably on the original list, but mm. uh, got nixed yeah. by Holak. Mm. Holak Molak, yes. yes. Um, but it's, I mean... That's uh, you know, that that hint on the front is. Uh, I'm trying to think who else could it be. Who else is erudite? Like that's a word that that Boris Johnson uses to describe himself. Like that's, yeah. You know, <laughs> I the males don't use the word erudite. I thought it was a kind of glue. Yeah. <laughs> They don't use that word unless they're mm -hmm. describing Boris Johnson in his own words. Well, yes. whoever's got a new column in the mail has quite messy hair. They do. Mm. Alex, this was a classic 
rolling newspaper and TV news story yesterday, spilling out by the minute. And the papers are obviously 24 hours later. Have they managed to make something new of it? I mean, for instance, I really like that Guardian front page. It feels like history. Yes, they've done something very dramatic. And it's interesting, actually, that The Guardian have had a pretty hot day because their very classic headline about Jonathan Aitken has been referenced twice, at least. Yes. Uh, the iPaper front page and, I think, inside The Star, um, which, of course... And the headline is? The headline is, he lied and lied and lied. And now mm. this was originally the Jonathan Aitken case um, and their classic headline on that. So, I mean, they've been referenced everywhere, but they've gone with something very different, very striking. This, as you say, extremely kind of impactful front page, slightly referencing succession, you know, with, with Johnson with his messy hairs sort of disappearing into the blackness. It's like succession, but if the star is simultaneously Logan and Roman Roy <laughs> and also Frank. Yeah. And, and also or, Sid James. And, and Sid James. Bob, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, I really like the mirrors front page on this one. It's uh, Johnson running his fingers through his thinning hair. The strap is Judgment Day for Johnson. And it says, he'll tell you it's a witch hunt. He'll tell you it's democracy betrayed. He'll tell you he did nothing wrong. But just one word tells his story. And in big kind of rubber stamp letters across his face, liar. Liar. And it's like, yes. no, say what's on your mind. The mirror. <laughs> Don't see pages four to nine. And inside they go with lawbreaker and liar stamp official uh, with the horrible picture of Boris Johnson in his jogging shorts. So it's kind of, you know, we, we've got very much the press divided on, on, on two lines here. But who is who is stupid enough to read, to see the, the, you know, the Telegraph and the Mail's front pages and not just see through it? Like, who is genuinely... But isn't I, it a case that people read what... They read it the way they want the news to be. So if you're right. a mail reader, you don't want to face the fact that you have thrown your lot in with a liar and a charlatan. Because he's you... a sort of chubby funster. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. he's the funny man off the telly. Yeah. And you really want to believe that it is a stitch. And also, there's the, there's the rage hit. So when the, when the Express is stamping its feet with the most spiteful stitch up in history of politics, if you're an Express reader, that's what you want to read. It might not be true, yeah. but it's what you want to read. I think also it's quite telling in the mail that they've gone with um, this huge sort of splashy story about, you know, all going on, all the same touch points, kangaroo courts, stitch up, all this kind of stuff. And they've printed uh, Boris Johnson's own statement, full page yeah. inside as well. Now, Boris Johnson himself, of course, goes into all the reasons that he thinks he's innocent, which largely boil down to, well, I didn't mean it like that. You don't know what's <coughs> in my head, which is a pretty yeah. thin defence. But the mail itself, if you read the story, actually hasn't really kind of explained any kind of defence of him it's just shouting and having yeah. a tantrum like so it's kind of I guess as a reader you can read that and be outraged but what are you outraged by because where's the actual defence of him where's the kind of argument that in some way he didn't do this stuff which we all saw him do yeah I want to ask you about this um, story in the Telegraph that uh, you know Dory's making threats um, that, that people who, who support the report on Monday it's going to be voted on in Parliament on Monday will be subject to deselection uh, she said uh, any Conservative MP who would vote for this report is fundamentally not a Conservative and will be held to account by members and the public deselections may follow it's serious now that's that's kind of Trump cultist talk that's Marjorie Taylor Dorries. It's astonishing, <laughs> isn't it? What, what do you think of this? Taylor? Yeah, I mean, kind of gangster chat going on. But I mean, mm. I really don't see how Nadine Dorries is in charge of deselection of MPs. I mean, so it's kind of an empty threat. I mean, it seems to me that the number of Johnson supporters, and they're very loud and mm. they're, you know, very kind of uh, vocal about their whole point. But it's actually a pretty small number, about 20, right, that are yeah. to probably vote against this report. Um, so this whole kind of, you know, I mean... 
it's kind of different in America because there's a really serious constituency of people who support this stuff. Yeah. These actually seem like a very small crowd of lunatics, you yeah. know, sort of a ninnies kind of shouting about this. But mm. I mean, with what army? Well, there's a, there's a great opinion piece. Well, I say great. I mean, absolutely rotten, stupid and hilariously <laughs> bad uh, by uh, podcast favourite Lord David Frosty Frost, which says, at last the Remainer establishment has got its wish. It's like... Yeah, oh, well, I mean, what, we're back in the EU now? Oh, would, yeah. that, would that happen overnight? Exactly. Have we got an EU army and we're using the euro? And his whole his whole thing is that, like, that, that uh, you know, the removal of Johnson, not really removal, he did leave of his own accord because he didn't want to face a by-election, is the final denouement of a plot by a whole load of kind of garlic-eating surrender monkeys. Absolutely. And it's like, I don't know how the woke Remainer blob managed to programme Boris Johnson to tell a whole load of lies in the House of Commons and then lie about the lies. And then when he had to correct the lies, tell another lie in the lies. Well, that just tells you how devious the woke Remainer blob is, you know, that it can arrange such things. We're really good in the woke Remainer blob. But yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, Boris's own, as I say, in the male kind of big defence of himself ends with this sort of line, which I suppose he thinks is the killer sign-off. It's for the people of this country to decide who sits in Parliament, not Ms Harmon. Well, Says a man who's just run away from an election. Exactly. I mean, if he thinks that, the thing to do would have been to remain an MP and fight the election in Uxbridge and South Rice, at which point voters could, of course, have offered their verdict and, the, and democracy would have been done. He chose not to do that. I'm reminded of, you know, that meme of the guy tapping the side of his head and it's like can't get arrested if you never step outside your house. Like, yeah. Can't lose an election if you don't fight the election. Tap side of head. Exactly. And Just, I mean, in fact, Harriet Harman, of course, has no power whatsoever to mm. make him lose his seat. That hasn't happened. She's just sat on the committee that has made this suspension recommendation. So, yeah. Coming back to Earth, the Times um, has got possibly, here we go, sound effects, rustling papers. The Times has got possibly the more sober reflection on it, which is end of the road for Johnson. Yes. Uh, the Times is not defending Johnson mm -hmm. uh, in the way of these other papers. It has actually gone in um, pretty heavily. I mean, they've gone for a much more sort of... And they've led on Rishi Sunak. I mean, the crucial thing is the story starts with the word, so does the strapline. Sunak, Rishi Sunak's allies have said it's the end of the road for Boris Johnson after this damning report. So you can see that this is the Tory split manifesting yeah. itself in the papers. I'll the just time. correct you. Sorry, the road was taken away from Boris. It's not the end of the road. Yes. <laughs> the road was snatched from it him. Was. And it was really just like hovering in the, over some yeah. soil. Yeah, yes. exactly. By the Remainers. Exactly. The <laughs> yes, yes, that must be what happened. Um, so they are very much going in with that. They're going in with the idea that sort of, you know, very much framing it from the perspective of supporting Sunak, of, you know, this kind of, of, of perhaps trying to put across the idea of a more sober, more responsible Tory leadership that they sort of suggest is now in power. Now, of course, one might question that, but that's their line. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The other big story today is the death at 87 of Glenda Jackson, possibly the great actor of her generation and also for 23 years the MP for Hampstead and Kilburn. Um, 
and when a great figure like this passes, the pictorial treatment is often the, the uh, what uh, tells us the most. Finn, you have one particular take in the in the Guardian, Telegraph, and Mail. They've gone for a particular Glenda look, haven't they? Well, actually, no, the Guardian haven't. So basically, no. it's it's pretty much a who's got the hottest Glenda composition. Mm. Um, tele, I think Telegraph and Times lead with really. Peak fit Glenda. 60s Bob. 60s Bob. Totally Carly really Street. Looks amazing. Looks amazing. Mm. Uh, then you've got The Guardian, who are like, she was not, she didn't subscribe to this feminine beauty culture bullshit. She didn't wear makeup. She had bad teeth, but fuck you if you British call her out teeth. for it. British teeth. Uh, and so The Guardian, very much like, they, they couldn't go with a kind of older photo. Mm. And then the kind of more Brexity tabloids go with her as uh, Elizabeth I. Yeah, so that's what you've got, isn't it, um, Alex? You've got Yep. The... Well, the iPaper and the Express have both led with pictures of Glenda Jackson in, in her iconic role as Elizabeth I, although they've both gone for ones from the film Mary, Queen of Scots, not from the series Elizabeth R. I think the reason for that is that Mary, Queen of Scots, they let her have a little bit of curls around the front rather than the fully shaved forehead. So mm. it's a bit hotter <laughs> than the full Elizabeth Speak R, for yourself. kind of like fully shaved back. Well, you know, Finn, hey, obviously. Hey, don't kink shave. Sorry, good point. But it's interesting, and I, so I'll be honest, as the sort of default youth correspondent for this podcast, even though I'm <laughs> sort of 31 and have an old soul, I didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. don't know who she was, but now I've read all the obituaries. I have an idea. But it does seem to be you know, talking about papers trying to find a younger audience and they've basically done a competition for, you know, give the boomer a boner. That's what they seem to be doing. <laughs> I think the Times have the best obituary um, In they've got loads of great stories from her, her work and uh, it seems that she was uh, the first sort of actress to make sex legitimate, mm. like sexiness and nudity in films kind of legitimate. Um, although the Times then says she later found fulfilment on the political stage, serving as an MP for 23 years. Many found her Commons performances to be stiff and expressionless, a stark contrast to her commanding appearances on stage and screen. You, surely as an MP, you don't want her to be kind of flirtatious and sort of sex <laughs> well, I mean, mad. Or, or, or to behave like Queen Elizabeth I. Although actually, I think they're wrong there because one of her most famous uh, performances was a real shoeing for Margaret Thatcher where she described how Thatcher had the sharpest elbows and she stood only for the people who had sharp elbows. And it's a real barnstormer. So she, she actually did do that. I just wonder whether there's a little bit of a anti-Labour niggle going on Could there. Could be. There's some great quotes, like, from her ex-husband. If Glenda went into politics, she'd be Prime Minister. If she went into crime, she'd be Jack the Ripper. Um, <laughs> her voice was like being run over by a bread Bedford truck. That's what Oliver Reed said about working with her. I mean, she, yeah, she clearly didn't suffer fools gladly and had an amazing kind of spirit about her. Alex? I mean, also what comes across in the obituaries, of course, is that Glenda Jackson, you know, is a breed that is now extremely aware of an actual working class actor. Yeah. You know, somebody who really had, she was, you know, born in Merseyside. She grew up in poverty, you know, in a, in a difficult situation. Got to, at that stage, you could go to RADA on a full scholarship, uh, a grant. And, you know, she did um, and was able to make it. I think those, you know, sadly, those days, it's much, much more difficult now for young working class actors coming up. There's just not much support. And that's why they all went to Eton these days. But I mean, it was what Neil Kinnock said to her, who was a friend of hers, uh, according to The Guardian, it was, you know, are you sure you want to be an MP because you're such an important actor? Yeah. Um, but she did do it and she took it incredibly seriously. And I mean, it's a fascinating, fascinating life story. Um, you know, she really did, as you say, live her values and all of that. She didn't turn up for the Oscars. Just sort of wrote it off, said awards are nonsense, yeah. He's won two Oscars. Excellent. There are other things in life apart from lying former Prime Ministers and the giants of acting. For instance, 
What are celebrities talking about in their private moments when you see them muttering on a, in the distance on a long lens camera? The Times has a page three story with the headline, Experts Lip Service That Decodes Stars' Private Chats. Finn, what is going on here? So there's a TikTok uh, trend or a person on TikTok who is uh, filming celebrities talking to each other and then lip reading them uh, and saying what they're telling people what they're saying. Uh, and it's led to some quite embarrassing uh, reveals. Um, I, one of the Kardashian, I don't know who these people are, Kendall Jenner. Um, she was meant to be uh, attending the opening of a luxury hotel, but was caught in this leak reading video, basically slagging it off, which obviously would go to the brand commitment saying, this place is terrible. It's my third time. The first two times were horrible, horrible. <laughs> um, Affleck and Lopez were spotted uh, with uh, at the Grammys having a tense exchange. And uh, Lopez was caught telling him, look, stop, look more friendly, look motivated. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I say real, in the office every morning. Real wife talk. <laughs> look motivated. Uh, and they did the king, of course, uh, the king during the coronation, apparently said, uh, oh, there's always something uh, complaining about uh, something in the coronation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we were chatting about how footballers have this trend of putting their hand over, them, over their mouth. Yeah, uh, it's a podcast. Uh, they can't see you doing yeah. it. Uh, we're being filmed, Andrew. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah. Um, and supposedly it's always like, oh, I'm hiding tactics. But we were wondering, what are they now saying? Sort of what conspiracy theories? Are they saying awful things? You know, what, Well, the way what, footballers are going, like Matt yeah. Letizia, it's like, do you realise exactly. the, the pyramids are a mind control? Yeah, experiment yeah. yeah it's probably more likely you know i'm you know i'm shagging one of little mix or something and they're probably muttering to each other at the sense little, little mix the right reference aren't they all tweens oh, god i don't know i've only just got over the fact that gordon mcqueen from uh, manchester united and leeds united has died at the age of far older than i thought he'd be yeah sorry there's just a cultural chasm between us <laughs> just throwing references at a wall yeah it's very odd to see a story like this on page three of a paper like the Times. It's a, it's a super youth story, isn't it? Yeah, the it's obviously tale. like you open the page. Hey, don't leave, don't go away. It's like the old the old son method of tits. Don't worry about the news, tits. Mm. But it's kind of a more obviously moved on from that sort of world. But it's yeah, they're still trying to get the the young to read print papers. I was always told that you should never underestimate the importance of the news editor or the features editor's teenage daughter or teenage son who will have mentioned something over the breakfast table and. And the editor will scribble it on the back of their hand and run into the commission and say, we've got to do something on the yeah. new TikToks that they've got. And it's allowed them to print um, a very large picture of Taylor Swift in what can only be described as a very bedazzled burqa. Well, this is another reason why uh, you know, using stories for the gratuitous shot of Taylor Swift, preceded by the gratuitous shot of Britney Spears in, in years gone by, and before that, the gratuitous shot of the Spice Girls, which is always great on the business pages, where it's like, company with a tenuous connection to Beyonce has gone bust. Giant picture of Beyonce. <laughs> well, who wants to look at business people? We'd all rather look at Beyonce. This is true. However, there is quite an interesting serious side of this story, as uh, it points out that a Spanish TV show was able to spot the racist insults that were being thrown out against Real Madrid's Vinicius Jr., and that led to people getting into trouble and people getting prosecuted. So, hooray for the Surveillance Society. TikTok saves the day. Again. The papers aren't just about hard news and mad headlines. There's feature, comment, fashion, football, news in briefs, all kinds of strange stuff. Alex, what uh, piqued your interest? Well, I'm looking at a story in The Sun, uh, headlined, Fools of Rock, 
cash-strapped uni blows 200k on death metal study, um, which, of course, is one of these endless loony academics doing their crazy stuff stories that mm-hmm. the uh, tabloid press absolutely love. Um, it's an academic at the University of Huddersfield who is doing... Sounds like quite interesting research, in my opinion, into vocalisations in death metal over the years. Um, Of course, it turns out uh, by the end of the story, the last paragraph, that, you know, from all of them saying, oh, this is cash-strapped university, Huddersfield, you know, why are they spending 200 grand on death metal? Um, They aren't. Uh, So the last paragraph of the story is, no, they're not. It's being funded by UKRI, the United Kingdom Research and Innovation who are independently funding it, university is not blowing 200 grand on death metal. So what's happening is somebody's investing £200,000 in death metal. Yeah, I mean, more than anyone has for a while, I should think. Yeah, and I, I would have thought Huddersfield would be more your kind of goth regions, but, you know, Well, you metal. know, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, I don't know, maybe you're underestimating them. Um, they, you know, they, they sound like they've got death metal going on. Yes, I mean, you'd think it was sort of Norway, wouldn't you, really? You would. Church-burning regions. That's right. Finn, what have you got? Well, look, the star speaks for the nation today with its front page, Mm -hmm. and inside it just gets better. Uh, (laughs) There is an article called Getting Shorty about a dwarf stripper who earns £3,000 a week who is saying it it, it would be outrageous if his job was banned. Uh, And this is because, and I quote, the 29-year-old is worried fun sponges may cancel entertainment involving dwarves after Spain made it illegal for dwarves to be used in bullfighting. This is just more woke nonsense <laughs> from the Spanish. Let the little guys get in the ring. Um, yeah, Do they so, have to fight normal-sized bulls? I don't know. Because it's not fair. Uh, it's on, not fair anyway. On I what? Mean, on, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say I'm actually quite behind this policy, Andrew. I reckon it's probably a wise move. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. If, is it like a undercard to the main fight that they have a, a dwarf fighting a, a... What would it be? A, a, a cow? Veal? What are they? Bulls? Cows? Yeah. Pig? Uh, well, calf? Wrestling a pig. No, calf. That'd be it. That's yeah. fine. So, so the dwarf fights a calf. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he obviously is how he makes how he makes money. And uh, there is maybe there's a sort of move towards... Um, uh, outlawing this kind of entertainment. I, I guess there's a lot of stag dudes that do this and that's quite unsavoury maybe. But on the other side of it, it's quite interesting to hear that this is how this guy makes his money. He likes his work. Um, and there's a, a fear that the Spanish could uh, ruin it for everyone. Again, like they did with <laughs> meal sizes and And you, have, you have another uh, I have another star great scoop. story. And this, God, the star, before I did this podcast, I never read the star, but it's an absolute goldmine. Um, this one, the headline is, Doctor, give me plums of scrotal revamp. Wrinkles to get the sack. Uh, opening line, very strong. Ballsy A-listers are forking out on surgery to iron the wrinkles from their scrotums. Um, I mean, what a time to be alive. I'm so glad that I'm alive now where it's okay to... Uh, um, get pubis fat pad removal, uh, which isn't that one of Reesmog's kids? <laughs> <laughs> um, very good name for a band, isn't it? Yeah. Pubis fat pad removal. Um, yeah, apparently it's cool now. Apparently it's hip to um, smooth out. Where your is balls. this happening? Where Harley Street? Oh, uh, where else? It's booming in your pants. <laughs> Male nips and tucks. We're coming to the end of today's edition, which means it is time to praise and celebrate the undersung heroes of the newspaper cinematic universe, the writers of headlines. What are our headlines of the day? Finn, what have you got there? Well, there's two. The, well, the thing with headlines is a good one will kind of make you sad in how sort of uh, appropriate it is. Um, uh, they've got review. This is in the star. They've got review of The Flash, the film, yes. and they've gone with the headline Zoom meetings. Um, Which the mirror also used, so it's like brain synchronicity going on there. And then the, my personal favourite in the in the mirror again. This is uh, 
the, the, the long-standing row over uh, gardens between Jimmy Page and Robbie Williams, relight my ire. Yeah, that's fight it again. That's good stuff. I think that's a really high quality one. Yeah. I, I take my hat off to, to that one. Alex, what have you got? In the Daily Mail, uh, we've got the vitally important story that Apple Martin, the daughter of Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin, um, has worn a kind of gothic Alexander McQueen dress that her mother wore for the Oscars many years ago. She's reworn it, even though it was sort of heavily criticised at the time. Um, and we've got pictures of them, of course, next to each other, looking sort of very similar, with the headline, The Apple Who Didn't Fall Very Far From The Tree. Ha ha. I see what you did there. Oh, oh, oh. I think you may have written the headline first and then <laughs> desperately pumped that up to a page three story. And you also have a pretty tasty one in the sun, don't you? Yes, this one's a bit more fun in the sun. We've got the story, probably not very much good fun for him, that Kevin Costner's marriage has been breaking up... Um, and he's uh, he's claimed that his estranged wife has left him homeless by refusing to move out of his $115 million mansion. Amazing that you could consider yourself homeless on that much money. Um, but the headline, splendidly, is Costner Living Crisis. I think that's an absolute pearl. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I, a bit I, of a winner. It is, absolutely. Well, I've got a couple uh, that are quite good. It's, for some reason, it's a big day for ice creams. Uh, in the sun, Erling Haaland buys an ice cream from an ice cream van, just like a normal human being. And the headline is, party like it to 99. Yay. Impressive. Good. Good. And again, the sun. Uh, there's a story of, a, of an ice cream man who's been thrown off his spot in a park in Hexham by the council because they say it's not appropriate for the park and it's causing carbon emissions and so forth. And the headline is 99 Problems and My Pitch is One, yep. which seems strangely <laughs> youthful. Strong. Strong. Yes, for uh, the paper of, uh, you know, 50-year-old white van man. But anyway, that's the end of Paper Cuts in a week when the unflushable turd was finally flushed, we think, we hope. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to follow us on your favourite podcast app so you don't miss any of our future editions. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Paper Cuts Show. The link is in the show notes where we will be marvelling at yet more of what Fleet Street gets up to. Thank you to Alex von Tunzelman. Thank you for having me. And thanks to Finn Taylor. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I've been Andrew Harrison. You've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when we learned that Polish Christian conservatives want to put an end to the number 666 bus route in the Baltic town of Hell with one L. So you know what's happened. This bus is cancelled. Back on Monday with Miranda. Have a lovely, tranquil, Johnson-free weekend. Bye.